For the first time all year, the Rays are not in first place. Plus, I ask a philosophical question. Why can't a team in New York rebuild? You are locked on MLB. Your daily MLB podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello, baseball fans. Welcome to Locked On MLB, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. This is the daily podcast. We talk about all of Major League Baseball. I am your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. If you don't believe me, look at Rares, my lower third. You can call me Sully. I'm an Emmy-nominated television producer who has been a baseball podcaster for well over a decade now. This is my fifth season here at the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. And follow us at Locked On MLB Pods on Twitter and on Instagram. There you go. As long as we still have Twitter. Uh, are, are we on threads yet? Not sure. If you want to follow me, I'm at Sully Baseball on Twitter, Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram. This show is being dropped on either the 20th or 21st of July, depending where you are in the country. Uh, a lot of interesting things have happened. Uh, I'm not going to go in too much into uh, Jared Kelnick of the Mariners breaking his own foot by kicking something. That's just dumb. Uh, I am going to talk a little bit about New York, why you can be a, why you probably are a long-suffering New York fan, no matter what combination of teams you root for. And I address something I I hear all the time. I've been hearing it left and right now, which is you can't build in New York. New York fans won't let it happen. And I am going to ask why not? And I will make a case for it because it leads to happiness, joy, and the teams that New York fans won't shut up about. But first, let's go to to, uh, the trivia question. I asked a trivia question uh, the other day that I said there has been no Diamondback or Rays player to ever win the MVP. That's for the last expansion, our final two expansion teams, D-backs and the Rays, never have had an MVP ever. What other franchise has never had an MVP ever in their history? And the answer is, Greg, our good friend uh, Craig figured it out, the Mets. The Mets have never had an MVP. I I did a double take when I saw that. I thought, like, no, that's right. Strawberry never did. David Wright never did. They've had a a pile of Cy Young Award winners. But I had to go back and check, like, wait a minute. What about in 69? Didn't Tom Seaver and Tom Seaver win the Cy Young Award and a bunch of Cy Young Awards? But he never had a situation where he won the Cy Young Award and the MVP. Someone could have made the case for um, Doc Gooden winning the MVP in, in 1985, but he didn't. Willie McGee did. Willie McGee's name will come up later in this podcast for a very different reason. But, all right, good job. We're going to have a trivia question at the end of today as well. Um, first and foremost, let's talk about the game that took the, the game of the night took place at the trop. Now the Tampa Bay Rays, I made a note of this the other day. You know, we all remember they got off to an unbelievable start. They won their first 13 games and this was a team that has been good. This is a team that made the playoffs last year, despite being just completely ravaged by injuries. This is a team that won a hundred games a year before that. Uh, got to 
game six of the World Series and maybe got to game seven if Kevin Cash wasn't uh, and you know, his spirit wasn't taken over by the legend of Grady Little. Um, he actually pulled a reverse Grady Little. He pulled the starter too soon. But um, they looked like this was going to be the Rays' year. And in fact, on Ju- on July first, July first, the Rays had a six and a half game lead. They were up by nearly a week. And how have things gone so far? Well, in the month of July, they've won three games, and that six and a half game lead is now completely gone. The Orioles caught them in a virtual tie. Actually, the Orioles are doing better than the Rays in the loss column. I may have known that before. And the two of them locked antlers at the trap. And if today's game was any indication of what this series is going to be, let me tell you, cousin, this is going to be a fun series to watch. Um, you know, Francisco Mejia got the Rays on the board with a uh, – a early RBI single. Then it was Gunnar Henderson, one of the young Orioles that they got in the rebuilding. We'll get to that in a second. Uh, he hit a triple, and that, um, and then he was brought in by Adley Rutschman, again, part of the rebuild. Aaron Hicks, who the Yankees are desperately in need of a left fielder. They released Aaron Hicks, who was horrible, and Aaron Hicks has been loving life. And by the way, that's a lesson. If you're going to try to get spare parts or get other players, find someone with a chip on their shoulder who will suddenly want to show the world they're still good. Aaron Hicks is doing that. Uh, next thing you know, the Orioles were up three games to one, and then Yandy Diaz made it an interesting game with a two-run double in the seventh inning, and it became a battle of the bullpen. Colton Kowser, another one of the young Baltimore Orioles, Got a sacrifice fly that scored Randy a Rosa Reina. And um, after a, a little bit of a challenge at first base, it was the Orioles who won the game. Um, it was, uh, I mean, again, the Orioles bullpen is phenomenal. Bautista wound up getting the win. He lowered his ERA to 0.96, which in case you're keeping score at home is good. Um, the Rays got a good start from Glasnow, which has got to be great news that they're getting quality starts from him. He allowed two, two earned runs, one unearned run over seven innings, which is a terrific start. He struck out nine and didn't walk any. That's a good strikeout to walk ratio. But um, Stevenson let up the ghost runner, which is, of course, an unearned run uh, in the 10th of uh, the Orioles bullpen. Uh, Cano had a rare blown save. Uh, Gibson pitched quite well. Uh, Cano had the blown set because he let up the double to uh, to Diaz. But Baker got out of a jam, and Bautista threw two shutout innings. He struck out three, didn't let up a hit, didn't let up a walk. I think he, I think it was, uh, yeah, it was a per- he was, it was a perfect. He f- retired every batter he faced, and you know they had to go to their bullpen. But hey, so now Baltimore has a one game lead in the division. Now, the uh, Rays are still playing 600 ball despite this horrific July. And it will take only a good month and a mediocre month by the Orioles in August to, you know, put the Rays back on top. And the Rays are still in a very comfortable spot for a playoff spot. They are 
right now they are seven and a half games ahead of Boston in terms of a playoff spot. You know, they are the top wild card team right now. The Red Sox are the, I can't believe I'm saying this, the Red Sox are the the team with the best record that's on the outside looking in. Now, I would have said seven and a half games, that's a really secure lead. But then again, they blew a six and a half game lead in about in less than three weeks. So for the Baltimore Orioles, this is exactly what you need to do this win, which is why I have no problem with uh, Hyde and company just emptying out the bullpen. You, you, the Rays have had a really bad month, and what you want to do is put them on their proverbial heels. And here we go. You got uh, Eflin versus Bradish. Bradish is pitching very well for Baltimore. The Orioles have to just win one of the next three games, and then they would have done pretty much exactly what you would expect a team to do or want a team to do, which is go in a four-game series and walk away unscathed. If they lose tomorrow, they'll be back tied. If they win, if they win one of the next three games, then your worst-case scenario is they leave Tampa Bay still tied for first place. If they win the series, they leave in first place by by themselves. This is the must-see TV. If you're just a baseball fan and you just want to watch an entertaining matchup, this is the series to watch because you have two teams that are fun, exciting, athletic, hungry, like the proverbial wolf, and they want to win and send a message to the other team. The O's want to make sure everyone knows we've arrived early. We've rebuilt our squad, and we're ready to play now. And the Rays know that they have a window of opportunity that could slam shut. And they don't want it to slam shut before they can raise a championship banner in that stadium that everyone's desperate to leave. That's the advantage of these two teams. Notice who I'm not talking about. They're fighting for the top spot in the American League East. The team in the bottom spot was a team that won the division last year. The one that spent the most money and has that reputation of needing to win or else. They play in New York, a place that you can't rebuild. Or can you? Hey, let's talk a little bit about eBay Motors. Now look at for a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, you can make sure that every part you need fits right the first time around. Just add your ride to my garage and look for the green check to know that the part will fit. Or your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game. And when you shop at eBay Motors, that's where you'll feel confidence and in good hands. Look it, you've got over 122 a million parts to choose from. You'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. So get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride! eBay Guaranteed Fit is only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only and 
exclusions apply. All right, everyone. Uh, it's talking about the Yankees, of course. The Yankees didn't play. So good news for the Yankees. They didn't lose. They're playing the Kansas City Royals. And I think every Yankee fan is sighing a little bit of relief because they're playing such a bad team. But then again, they lost the series to the Rockies, who are worse than the Royals. They lost the series to the Cardinals, who had a losing record. And they got swept by the Angels, who suddenly went from we should trade Otani to, hey, maybe we've got a shot. They lost the series to the Cubs. The teams that are supposed to be bad, they've been losing to. So why are the Royals going to be any different? The team's a mess. The team's an absolute mess. And do you know what? The Mets are not much better right now. The Mets lost. Uh, actually, they're not better. They have a losing record. They're 45 and 51. Even though they played better recently, they got thumped by the Chicago White Sox this afternoon, 6-2. to two. Now, there have been a lot of discussions going on about what the Yankees and Mets should do at the trade deadline. Should they be sellers? Should they be buyers? I, I don't understand what the problem is. They should both be sellers. They should be jettisoning any, any parts they can to try to get younger. I think both teams, look at the Mets. I was talking to my cousin Dave today, who's a rabid New York Met fan. And he was saying he does not have a problem with what the owner did, what what they did this year by throwing all the money at the team. They went for it. That's not the way things used to be in Metland. They went for it. It didn't work. He's probably going to spend some more money next year. I think they should take a step back and try to rebuild from the ground up. The Yankees desperately need to do that. You take a look at this team. I don't care what the payroll is. It's what the third highest payroll in baseball, supposedly, or something like insane like that. And you take a look at the team. They don't have an outfield. They're playing infielders in the outfield. Everybody in the planet knew they were going to have a problem in left field. It's not fixed. The lineup is right-handed heavy. They don't have a lot of athleticism in it. They don't have a lot of good pitching depth. Their bullpen is starting to fall apart. Their starting rotation, save for Garrett Cole, is not reliable. Severino has been bad. Uh, Domingo Herman has been up and down, either throwing a perfect game or getting lit up. Carlos Rodon is hurt and three starts into his Yankee tenure stinks and they need youth. They need to restart because this is exactly who they're going to be. They're going to be a team that's probably good enough to win more than they lose. Maybe good enough to sneak into the playoffs. Although this year they may not. And, but certainly not be an elite team. They haven't been an elite team regularly for a while. They won the division last year. They won the division in 2019 And those are the only two division titles they've won in the last 10 years. And in that stretch, they've not even been to a World Series. So this is not exactly a team that you look at. It's like, oh, my God, they're striking fear in people's hearts. And I think they need a rebuild. Now, I've said before, and there's a whole episode I can do in the fact that, you know, Brian Cashman's been there for a quarter of a century. If you take a look at what he's done in the past decade and a half, save for the one year where he went on a crazy shopping spree, um, they're no longer an elite team. They're not. They're an okay team. They're a winning team, but they're not an elite team. They're not a team you look and say, oh, that team's got a shot to win. They're going to win it. No, you don't think about them that way because they haven't been that way for a little bit. And they haven't been developing their own stars, save for Judge. 
And when it looked like they had a youth movement a few years ago, it, you know, they, they didn't capitalize on the team kind of fell apart. I think this is a team that needs a rebuild. The Mets are filled with veterans and everything like that, but the pieces don't seem to fit together. You know, sometimes you can't build a team like a rotisserie fantasy league team. Sometimes you have to have a team be built from the ground up. I think the Yankees need to get rid of everyone not named Aaron Judge. And if it means they're bad for a few years, then that's what you do. But then you can build a great new team. Ah! But there's the rub. You hear it all the time. You cannot rebuild in New York. I remember someone bringing it up to uh, Michael Kay, who's, who I like, and I like his show. But twice he said something that made me say, can't you hear the words coming out of your mouth? Someone brought up the fact that the Red Sox have won multiple championships in the 2010s. He said, yeah, but they also had a bunch of fifth-place finishes. They had a bunch of years where they were bad. And would New York fans deal with that? And when someone brought up this new terrific Baltimore team, he said, yeah, but they were also really bad for a while. And that's how they were able to draft, you know, uh, uh, Adley Rutschman and all these young players. Do you think New York fans would be fine with that? Now, he didn't hear the words he was saying, because if he did, he would realize, yeah, they probably would be. Do you know why? Because this whole... New York fans demand champions. They demand the being an elite team, winning titles. They don't accept anything less than a championship. Uh, not to use an overused phrase, but how's that working out for you? How is not accepting anything less than a championship working out for New York fans? You know, we used to talk about, you know, uh, long-suffering Red Sox, Cubs, White Sox fans, long-suffering Cleveland fans, long-suffering Buffalo fans. What about long-suffering New York fans? And at this point, it's of any one of the teams. Think about this for a second. If you use the rule of seven, that's my rule that is basically you don't form your first concrete sports memories until you're around seven years old. If you're 18 years old, or younger, a New York sports fan, 18 years or younger, you've just graduated from high school. You have no memories of one of your teams winning a championship. You've been a fan for 18 years and none of your teams have won. I was a long suffering Red Sox fan growing up, but at least I saw the Celtics win a few times. You've seen nothing, nothing. And the teams that have been embraced, you'll see something like the 2015 Mets who lost the World Series or Yankee fans love talking about the 2017 team that came out of nowhere with a youth movement. But think about like the Giants were the last New York team, the last major New York team to win a title. That was 2012. That was 11 years ago. Rule of seven, if you're 18 years old or younger, you don't remember that. You have a concrete memory of that. And that's if you're a Giant fan. If you're a Jet fan, you've got to be over 60 to have a memory of them winning the Super Bowl. But you just go down the line. If you are a Yankee fan, if you're a Yankee fan in your early 20s, you do not have a memory of seeing the Yankees in the World Series once. 
You don't know what these old timers are talking about when it talks about, oh, this team going to the World Series. Nothing. Nada. That's it. You lose. You get nothing, to paraphrase Willy Wonka. If you're uh, a Mets fan, it's been 86. I remember that year. I was 14. I'm now 51. Uh, even some of the teams that have done well, like the Devils, the New Jersey Devils, their last Stanley Cup was in 2003. So if you're in your 20s, you don't remember any one of the three Stan, uh, uh, New York teams winning the Stanley Cup. The Rangers have been since 94. That's not recent. The Islanders have been, what, 83? You know what? I, the Nets won a championship, an ABA championship. They haven't won the title since before the merger. And you know what? I'll even extend it to the WNBA. It's say like if you're a WNBA fan in New York, and there's a bunch of people I know who follow the WNBA in New York, the New York Liberty haven't won since 2002. 21 years ago. Rule of seven, if you're 28 years old or younger and a WNBA fan in New York, you haven't seen your team win. All of those teams that I've just mentioned, if you are under 18, you don't remember any of them winning. Any of them. If you're a young New York sports fan, you've experienced nothing but misery. And so here we go. We got They expect nothing less than a championship. Really? That's like me saying, I will not expect anything less than a lottery win. I was going to win the billion-dollar Powerball or whatever that was. I won't accept anything less than that. Sometimes you got to accept things you don't like. Let's just take baseball. I don't know enough about rebuilding the other sports. Let's just take baseball. The Yankees, it would behoove them to tear the team down. It would behoove them to start from scratch. Get rid of Brian Cashman. Who are you going to replace him with? I don't know. Brian Sabian, who happens to be on the Yankee payroll, who built the Giants' three World Series titles in the 2010s. Remember that decade? The decade where the Yankees appeared in zero World Series? Why not give him the car keys? He's done it more recently, and he's already on the payroll. You wouldn't, you wouldn't even have to make a new email for him. What would Yankee fans think about that? Well, let me bring something up to you. There are two pockets, two eras that Yankee fans will speak fondly of, especially when they start assigning greatness to the George Steinbrenner era, which is a great piece of revisionist history. They'll remember the Bronx Zoo years, and they'll remember the core years of the 90s. What happened just before those years? The Yankees were awful. The Yankees were awful in the late 60s and the early 70s, save for, uh, you know, 72, they were pretty good. But they, you know, most of the time they were bad. And Gabe Paul and company built the team with draft picks and great trades. And they built the team from within. And by the time they rebuilt Yankee Stadium and went back into the brand new house that Ruth built after it was remodeled and spent a couple of years in Shea, the Yankees were a championship-caliber team, which George could then go to the free agent market and pluck in the final stars as the last bit of garnish. Here's a little dash of Catfish Hunter, a douse of 
Don Gullett. Here's a little bit of Reggie Jackson. Here's a little bit of Rich Gossage. But the core was built over the bunch of years by Gabe Paul, bringing up the Thurman Munsons, bringing up the uh, the Ron Bloombergs who wound up being traded elsewhere, bringing up the, you know, working with the Bobby Mercers and flipping him for Bobby Bonds and flipping Bobby Bonds for Ed Figueroa and Mickey Rivers, fleecing the Indians and bringing in Dick Tidrow, Chris Chambliss and Greg Nettles, you know, flopping Oscar Gamble to bring in Bucky Dent, all those great moves that were made and the players coming up through the farm like Munson, like Guidry and just robbing the Red Sox for Sparky Lyle. But there were lean years before that that allowed them to build the team that every Yankee fan loved from that era and couldn't shut up about until the core years. And what happened before the core? Well, by the way, both times the Yankees had a great resurgence, not coincidentally, George Steinbrenner was suspended. That allowed them to rebuild the team. Comes the core. Horrible teams, 89, 90, 91, 92. But what was built? Jeter, Posada, Pettit, Mariano Rivera. And not just them, but some of the other players like Ramiro Mendoza, Jim Leyritz, Gerald Williams, some of the other people who helped put together the core of that team that went on to win championship. And yes, you bring in Cone, you bring in Jimmy Key, you bring in Roger Clemens, you make the trade for Tino Martinez, you flip your homegrown all-star Roberto Kelly to bring in Paul O'Neill. You swapped Kenny Rogers to bring in Brocious. You pull off great deals like that. One that Cashman pulled off, of which I'll give him credit for. But you needed the time to build the team up. And what have you had? The two Yankee eras, at least of my lifetime, that gave Yankee fans the greatest bit of joy. And they say, why can't we be more like that? Think of the Mets. What's the team the Mets can't shut up about? The 1986 Mets. Go to your local library there. There's only 5,000 books written about that team. I think Tim Tuffle has a book. How are the Mets building up to 86? I got news for you. They stunk. Absolutely. From trading Tom Seaver in the middle of the 1977 season until the rise of Dwight Gooden, they stunk with a capital stink, but were able to build the team up and create the team that everyone loved. And the other pockets where they were really good, the Mike Piazza years, that came after some of the worst Mets teams in history, including the year where uh, freaking uh, Vince Coleman was chucking firecrackers at kids. And even the last pennant chase in 2015 came after the lean years when they first moved into City Field. So, yeah, it stinks to stink. And, yeah, I understand the whole, well, you're, you're, you know, fans are paying X amount of money from premium tickets and they won't accept anything less. Well, whether or not they accept anything less, that's what they're getting. And I bet if you really, really interviewed Yankee fans and really, really interviewed Met fans and say, what would you rather have? A team that is always, eh, you know, maybe they'll get lucky one year or two, but most of the time, a big pile of eh. The last bunch of years, the Yankees have clearly been, eh, they're not good enough. They're not good enough. And they're, we'll just keep throwing money at the problem. And the Mets are, well, we'll just keep bringing in stars. 
without any rhyme or reason. Or you're going to have a couple of bad years, but from that wreckage will blossom a terrific team. You don't have to tank as badly as some of these teams do, but you take a look at what the Cubs did when they finally won. Came after some lean years. The Astros, some lean years. What the Orioles are doing. You wouldn't, you're trying to tell me Yankee fans wouldn't fall in love with this Orioles team if they were winning pinstripes? Same thing with the Mets. So, yeah. So, when Michael Kay and everyone says, yeah, but, you know, they got there, but, you know, they had to have some bad years. Yeah, maybe that's part of the recipe. Because it was for each of the other teams. And by the way, the team in New York that finally wins will be the single most loved team of a generation. Every single kid, 20 years old and younger, will flock to whichever one of these teams wins it first. The Liberty? Yeah, I'm including them. If the Nets win, they, you will keep Nets jerseys on the shelf. Nets fans will be coming out of every single pocket. Islanders, Devils, Rangers, Giants, Jets, Knicks, and yes, Yankees and Mets. You want to have the team that's as loved as the 69 Mets, as loved as the 98-99 Yankees, as loved as the Joe Namath Jets, as loved as the Lawrence Taylor Giants, or the Mark Messier holding up the cup, or Mark Tambrodeur, or any of those. They, they, can't, they can't shut up about the 1973 Knicks. The team in New York that finally wins it all will have a generation in their hands. And if that means rebuilding, then that's what you do. You don't want to rebuild? Fine. Have an entire generation become sports fans in New York and never, ever experience a, a parade and their team winning it. How's that working out for you? All right, we got a big weekend of games coming up. And, of course, we have the Hall of Fame induction going on. Uh, a couple other things of note of Thursday's games. Uh, wild game, the Braves with back-to-back -back home runs in the eighth inning. Uh, you know, they, they scored six runs in the last two innings to defeat the Diamondbacks 7-5. to five. The Braves are just uh, um, unbelievable. Uh, the Giants lost again to the Reds, who have dusted themselves off. Uh, Corbin Burns is making a, you know, a, He's been terrific. You know, if the Brewers were to fall apart at the beginning of the year, Burns was going to be a big trade chip. Well, right now, the Brewers are in first place by themselves. And by shutting out the Phillies for nothing and, uh, and you know, doing so quite convincingly, um, you know, Yelich hit a big three-run home run in the third or fourth inning. With that loss, the Phillies have now tied the Marlins. So the Marlins had fallen out of the wild card race. Well, now they're back in it. Thanks to the shutout of the Phillies. Look out for Chris Bassett and the Blue Jays. Bassett's been fantastic for the Blue Jays. He shut out the Padres for nothing. Uh, I mentioned the White Sox beating the Mets. Uh, the Twins got shut out 5 nothing. That's good news for Guardian fans. And the Cubs, look, at they lost 7-2 to the Cardinals. 
St. Louis is not going anywhere, but they seem to have a lot of fun in ruining people's choices. Uh, Hall of Fame ceremonies, I mentioned, big series going on this weekend. Millard and I are going to be back on Monday to talk about things. And also, uh, check out Locked on Rockies with Paul Holden. I'm doing a guest appearance on today's episode. And next week, Paul is going away. And he's going to come back, but I'm going to sit in. I'm going to do a couple of guest hosting spots on Locked on Rockies. And not every spot I'm going to do is necessarily going to fold over here. So if you haven't got enough of your pal Sully on Locked on MLB, check out Locked on Rockies. Paul Holden does a great job anyway, but check it out. I'm going to be guest hosting a couple episodes. And I'm going to be doing an episode on Locked on Rockies where I talk about how Ricky Henderson and Barry Bonds, both of their prime in the 1980s, almost became beloved Denver stars. I explained that in that episode. Hey, let's do today's trivia question. Um, Who was the only American League? This happened a couple times in the National League. The only American League batting champion to hit zero home runs while leading the league in hitting. Only American League batting champion, which the year they won the AL batting crown, Finished the year tied with me in home runs. A zippity a do a da. So, hey, uh, follow us at Lockdown MLB Pods on Twitter and on Instagram. Uh, I'm your pal Simon Sully Baseball on Twitter, Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram. Be sure to subscribe on the YouTube, and that's where you can send me the answer to the question about who is the only AL batting champion to hit zero home runs the year they won their batting title. Talking about the showdown in the trop. And wondering, why can't you rebuild in New York? It seems like the right recipe. That is, if you want a beloved team. This is a beloved podcast called Locked on MLB. I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully.